Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have a bit of obscure Milwaukee history. Uh, We are talking about the Bayview Massacre, uh, also known as the Bayview Tragedy. Uh, We have uh, Wisconsin Music Today by North Warren, uh, another Wisco Brew Review, and another installment of How Many Locos segment, which is amazing. Uh, We get a lot, a lot of uh, remarks about that. Oh, yeah. Not always positive. It, it, it never it never ends. It just yeah. keeps going. There's always a story every week. So. Yeah, we wish it would. We wish we didn't have a need for this segment. But, hey, you know what? As long as it exists, we're there. So, uh, And we also have a great interview, uh, as requested uh, by uh, uh, many of you, um, uh, Seamus and, and a few others. Uh, but uh, this is New Baron's Brew Company, or uh, Co-op, rather. Uh, and, and honestly, as always, uh, please like, rate, subscribe, review, all that sort of stuff uh, on the YouTube and the other social media platforms. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook as of right now. Uh, we also just launched uh, our, our own new website. Uh, we previously were uh, piggybacking off of the studio site, but now we are at wisconsindrunkenhistory.com, uh, so you can find us there. Uh, reach out to us through the contact page. It goes right to our email address. Uh, let us know what uh, what you want to hear on future episodes. Uh, let us know if you have any music or uh, beers or anything that you want us to review or feature. So uh, that would be the best way to contact and communicate and link up with us. Uh, honestly, we are excited to, uh, to, to uh, be talking about, um, so many of these different things that we are on today's episode. It's, uh, it's an incredible, yeah, it's, it's great. We have so many new fans and, uh, yeah. you know, so many new suggestions. I mean, we answer every email the best we can, Yeah, but we've had a lot, you know, and, uh, it's, 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 it's hard for two guys to go through every single email, but we answer every two, single one. Two guys we've always with, have two guys with full-time jobs outside of this whole podcasting thing. So, um, thank you for, for honestly being, uh, uh, involved, uh, actively. That's the one thing that we can say, uh, overall. And also, um, for for buying the the merch from T Public, yeah. Uh, any of you that have got shirts, man, we'd love amazing. to see you guys with some selfies with those bad boys. On, well, we, we, we see did. How they we turn got out. we got one from got uh, quite a our, few. Po- our Puba. She's uh, she's a, a huge fan of of the show, and she sent us the picture uh, of her boyfriend. Uh, they were actually out at a wine tasting or a distillery tasting rather. Um, and they had the, the, one of the shirts on. So that's it was so just, cool. I love seeing it. I love anyone that buys it. And, uh, we just want to know the quality too, to make sure it's okay. And absolutely. Like, you know, we love seeing it. So yeah. keep doing that. And, uh, we love all of our fans, especially you overseas fans too. You know? Yeah. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and jump in on our episode about the, uh, the Bayview massacre or the Bayview tragedy. So for those that don't know a ton about the history and of 
especially labor in Milwaukee, that's always been more of the left side of the spectrum when it comes to workers' rights, including unions, and has has had its calls for socialism and communism, to be honest with you. And uh, obviously we know like McCarthy and uh, a lot of those other trials that happened where they were kind of shut down and uh, people were kind of targeted. And even an assassination attempt that was made on uh, Teddy Roosevelt himself by uh, saloon keeper uh, John Schrank. It was unsuccess- unsuccessful, obviously, and uh, where the former, it, it's kind of where the former statement started. I mean, it's one of his more famous statements that he's made. Uh, you see, it takes more than a one bullet to kill a bull moose, and thus leading him to create the Bull Moose Party, Teddy Roosevelt, the uh, adventure man himself, the adventure president. He always kind of looked like uh, somebody that would, I don't know, shoot a moose. Dude, he looks like a Panama Jack type dude. He does. I mean, he wears like uh, this hat, the like the adventure hat. It's, yeah, it's not a fedora, but it's like something similar. The Indiana Jones president, if yeah. you know. The I'm not on a cruise fedora kind and of thing. So the city of Milwaukee has always fought for workers' rights. And uh, one topic that came into the forefront of this event was the uh, work of the eight-hour workday. Yeah, which <laughs> we all benefit so before these strikes took place, immigrants and some workers were working 10 to 12 hours, which I'm a salary employee, so I work this many hours, probably I, more, honestly. I to am too. And, you know, I think at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and try to say like uh, that, you know, I, I, I am on strike or something there. But, you know, for the I work most, about 10 to 12 hours for the most honest. part, you know, uh, I don't take work home with me. I'm able to work only about eight or nine hours a day. And uh, um. I think that it is because of the fruits of, of the labor, you know, the, of, of these individuals before us. Exactly. And some actually employees had to work close to 16 hours. And these are like the immigrants that didn't have a lot to offer, honestly. Yeah, like they exactly. just came Those over. are the ones that I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? So there are many, many laws or rest- there are not many laws or restrictions or even rights given to these workers at the time in uh, harsh conditions and uh, long hours were the start of the Americans fight against the oppression of big corporations. At exactly. The time. Exactly. The event we are talking about today, which became known as the Bayfield Massacre, was just one of these demonstrations. The demonstration first started on May 1st, where peaceful demonstrations were held in Chicago. And I'm sure the publishing of the book, The Jungle, by Upton Sinclair, didn't help the situation. I don't know if you ever read The Jungle. I have not. It is a very uh, sad look at the way workers were treated at the time. Yeah. Um, these are like people that worked in factories, including like uh, butcher factories and stuff. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And uh, a lot of vegans, I mean, I'm not really a vegan, but like a lot of vegans actually hold this book as one of the top reads. And I love this book. It's very good. It's, it's quite depressing. You know, I wouldn't recommend I w- reading it to somebody. I like- was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's probably tough to get through it. Uh, it is. As it is to watch, um, documentaries, you know, like uh, My Octopus Teacher or something like that, or, yeah, or yeah. you know, any of those. It, it's tough, but it's necessary. It's necessary to see, like, well, just to understand, you know, and I don't mean that everybody has to do this. I, I certainly don't want to preach. So uh, if you can, check it out. If, if not, you know, just keep doing you. Exactly. And, it, you know, I'm not judging here. Like, we won't judge you. And, no. and honestly, like, you know, pigs are probably really one of the smartest creatures. And they talk about it a lot in the jungle about how pigs had to be slaughtered and people would be up to, you know, knee height and blood. And yeah. that's like the one thing that kind of struck and actually struck a chord with the government at the time. So this is kind of what we're getting into and leading right. into here. So by May 3rd of 1886, as events continued in Milwaukee, 
in Chicago, Milwaukee started to follow. And they actually wanted to participate. And uh, 14,000 workers gathered at the Milwaukee Iron Company, which is known as Rolling Mills in uh, Bayview. Yeah. And the group included some of 7,000 building trade workers and Polish laborers who all organized at the St. Stanislaus. It's the Stanislaus Church, uh, Catholic Church. These workers shut down almost every business in the city except one, which was the North Chicago Rolling Mills, which was located in Bayview, Wisconsin. And due to the large groups um, and huge impact on the city, Governor Rusk, who you may recognize from our Hurley episode, which is episode number one, yeah. actually shut down a lot of the uh, prostitution rings in Hurley, Wisconsin. Do not go back and listen to that one. It was one of we've our early episodes. <laughs> yeah, we've come we've come a little bit uh, further ahead of that one. Yeah. And he ordered the National Guard to be deployed to the city where uh, their orders were if strikers entered the mill, that the order was shoot to kill. Wow. The captain who was received the order may have misjudged the meaning. And on May 4th of 1886, workers who were camped out nearby fields organized to begin again on this day in this in this time. The crowds included children who were also laborers and, uh, you know, child laws didn't exist at this time. So they were actually working along with adults. Like these are kids, 12, 13, 14, 15. And like I worked when I was 14, which is probably even weird for today's standard with well, kids. I, I did. Yeah. I, I, uh, I had to go to the high school and get, uh, my, my worker's permit, uh, Same from, here. Yep. from the high school. Uh, and then I worked at, uh, Frank's grocery store and I was deep frying fries at McDonald's. So yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about here. I can see it. <laughs> I, I'm a little greasy. No. So, <laughs> yeah. so as they merely just approached the factory, the guardsmen began to open fire on the crowd. That is ridiculous. I know. They were just protesting the eight-hour workday. Like, they were working 12 to 14 hours a day, these people. And that's uh, it's pretty nuts. All they did was approach yeah, the and, factory. Yeah, and that's exactly it. The order was misconceived by the person in the National Guardsman who mis- yeah. mistook the thing, anyone who entered the grounds, but instead he anyone who entered the area were shot at. That's ridiculous. So seven people, including a 13-year-old boy, were killed, and more were injured. Like, a ton were injured. Yeah. And there may have been more swept under the rug, but there are seven documented names for sure that were listed in the casualties, including Frank Kunkel, Frank Norachek, John Marsh, Robert Erdman, Johan Zagska, is that how you say it? And Martin Jakanowicz and Michael Rachalski, who were all listed amongst. They were the only ones listed. And yeah. there were a lot of immigrants during the time, so a lot of just swept under the those, rug, which is unfortunate. You know, this is 1880-something. And we've talked about in previous episodes how Milwaukee began. I mean, the German and Italians had such a deep root that the Polish became targets, and then the Norwegians became a target, and then the Finnish became a target. It's such a melting a tar- pot of, of, of individuals, and, and depending on when you came here, you might have been that next group exactly. that's being targeted. It was always you know? a scapegoat. Like, honestly, like the Irish became a target, then the Native Americans became a target, then the African Americans became a target, then the Asians became a target. It's just an ongoing cycle. We always try to find that one person to blame for all the who's, problems that Who's new in town? Exactly. We blame them for all the yeah. problems we're facing. And it's always, it's been an ongoing recirculating issue, and which is why Milwaukee has always had a liberal union view of things. And yeah. that's why we're targeting is is because it's it hasn't been swept under the rug, and uh, we it's you know it's an obscure piece of Milwaukee that has not necessarily been forgotten, but it's also not well known to the masses, and which was why we wanted to bring it to the forefront. I know that they do hold uh, a, a particular uh, thing for for 
you know, kind of about this day. Yeah, and since 1986, members of Bayview Historical Society, as well as the Wisconsin Labor History Society, and much of the community in Bayview have sold, have like held a event on every first Sunday in the in the first week of May. Yeah. So in where they do hold like, you know, at the Historical Marker Society, the Historical Marker site, which is actually located on uh, Russell Avenue. Sure. And yeah, Superior yeah. Street, which I go down often as I am a huge Palomino fan, Cactus yeah. Club fan. Yeah. And it's honestly going to be, you know, a new thing for me to go and visit every time I'm down in that area. I know, Eric, you're a regular va- Bay viewing, if you yeah, will. I mean, you I go down there. there often. I lived there for... Uh, uh, about a year, year and a half, uh, right on uh, Potter, uh, Potter Avenue, off of KK, which is kind of the main road going through Bayview, um, and all the places that you just mentioned are uh, are you know local yeah, stops for I, me. I know I've sure. played at the Cactus Club. I think you may have, have a few yeah, times. So yeah. we all have history um, in that area. Yeah, and and a lot of the bands that I go and see. On a regular basis now, uh, you know, including Telethon, Brave You, Man Random, uh, all of those groups, uh, they they play, you know, Cactus Club or Frank's Power Plant or X-Ray Arcade, which X-Ray Arcade is technically considered cut of hay, but it's close enough. I mean, it's right exactly, down the yeah. street, like, you know, I, from I mean, all what, that stuff. Hi-Fi Cafe, there's so Hi-Fi, many. Hi-Fi, yeah. There's so um, many to be named on the, the roaster, the coffee roaster, Anodyne that has shows there and... All I these saw, places. I saw Bright Eyes and um, yeah. uh, Interpol actually at Cactus Club before they were huge. Yeah, because I was huge in the music at the time. You know, so yeah. this area just like oh, holds... uh, size five, uh, um, size five uh, plays at a bunch of these places as well. Exactly, and like it just you know every time I'm down there now it brings a whole new meaning after like reading this book, which I actually found it was like an obscure piece of history that's kind of forgotten. Yeah, and and the fact that uh, an event is held every year is, is great to, to sort of try to, uh, uh, position everybody in, in, uh, to remember this, this thing that did occur, uh, locally that we all sort of were beneficiaries of the work and the, and the, and the fruits of the, the things that they fought for. So, uh, yeah. again, you know, it's a uh, first Sunday of May, uh, 3 PM, uh, they go to the historical marking site and, you know, I, I would encourage everybody to even, you know, if you can't make it there on the on the day of this, you know, thing, but just go check it out. And and there's a bunch of other things to do there in the area that are great. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bay, Bayview is huge. Um, Bayview is really no, no longer can you call it up and coming. It is literally it is here. Up. It is hit. Yeah, it's hit. Uh, I mean, it's uh, there's the like uh, about seven or eight breweries within, uh, you know, a stone's throw over each, each other. And then on top of all of that. It's just the number of restaurants there that uh, La Miranda, Odd Duck, um, Hothead Chicken, Honey Pie, Palomino, like you said. I mean, I, there, there's just so many really amazing things that are there that you have to go see. And it just holds so much more now that you're there and you understand this history that this happened here. Um, and, you know, grab a brew, you know, on the first Sunday of um, May. Head yeah. on down there and, uh, you know pay respects to these people that died for you working eight hours a day and you know you wouldn't get paid overtime if you had to work over this is like a huge thing in our system right and uh, we really respect those people and uh, we we regret their loss but we uh, really appreciate what you've done for us in this future you know that we we live today yeah so. that'll uh, conclude the main story of the uh, episode but now 
we have a music segment. And uh, let me tell you, right off the top, uh, the band that we're dealing with today is North Warren. Such um, good music. Really, really cool. Uh, again, it's it's just really, really great stuff. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I, I mean, we say that about every single band that we play. Uh, but that's but, why we feature them, because they're and, just and that good. It's just Milwaukee creates such great music. Wisconsin creates such great music. We can't honestly get uh, um, enough of, of what, you know, the, the artistry has here. And it's, I don't know that it's necessarily a particular sound that North Warren and some of the other bands have, but it's, uh, it's really, it's great. Uh, I would, I would, uh, I would honestly, you know, encourage everybody to go uh, listen to more uh, Milwaukee and Wisconsin music. There's a number of different playlists created on both YouTube and Spotify. Uh, if you just type in like Milwaukee bands to get to know or uh, Wisconsin music or something like that, those ones are, are, are just amazing. And, and that's a portion of how we get to know these bands other than just going to shows at uh, Frank's power plant or X-ray arcade or um, cactus club. Uh, all of those locations, you know, that you should also continue to, uh, to, uh, promote and, and sponsor and help throughout this whole thing. So uh, right now we're going to play North Warren and the song is Vic.
I love that tune. Super good. Uh, North Warren again. Uh, the song was Vic. Uh, when you get a chance, uh, please dive a little bit in there. I know. Hey, maybe that one wasn't your cup of tea, but they do have uh, you know other songs and other tunes. So um, I, I encourage everybody to go check out you know all of their catalog. It's uh, really good stuff. So uh, we now have a beer review. And uh, this one is uh, called Music Maker. It comes to us from the Fermentorium. It uh, it definitely looks great. Yeah, so here's a little bit of information about the uh, Music Maker. Um, the Music Maker is actually a... Uh, it's made with New England Pale Ale with Galaxy Hops. So you're getting that like carbon-4 flavor out of it. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit off the can here uh, while Sturge opens this can real quick and uh, gets sipping on this bad boy. So Music Maker is our series beer dedicated to showcasing the diversity of flavor profiles available to us from one ingredient, the hop cone. A single variety of hops is used in each batch of this series to allow you, the dreamer of dreams, to experience the true essence of each vari- variation or varietal, they call it. So, Yeah. So the Hop Wheel series, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's pretty good. I, I like it. It's a 5.3% ABV, so you, it's not super high. It's uh, 30 IBUs, so not insanely bitter, but still on the bitter end. And the can we're drinking out of is actually a one pint. And for those that don't yeah. know much about the uh, Fermentorium uh, Beverage Company, they're actually located in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. So if you get a chance, uh, go and check these guys out. They make great beer. Um their their tag is uh, preserving tradition, unleashing imagination, and you know the one thing about the beer that the can initially that I see is uh since we're recording this in a studio we see these all the time. There's actually a sound wave on the side of the can. Yeah, and so you Sturge, can, you can kind of like tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, there's about uh, looks like I don't know ten to twelve uh, different lines of uh what appear to be audio um some sort of audio uh sound wave uh pattern that's across the can in purple and uh we're we're staring at these things right now as we record uh into logic pro um and uh we also have um a bunch of that happening in SoundCloud as you sort of go across and, and listen to our episodes. So Yeah, it, it um, kind of looks like the can. Obviously, the SoundCloud's more orange, but these are like a purple sound wave. Um, it's very good. I mean... Makes I'm, me belch. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm airy I'm struggling from, over here with the air. I'm airy from some of the light beers you've been drinking, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, maybe that's what it is. So just kind of our transitional beers. Maybe those 10 that are sitting over there. <laughs> no, this one's really, really good. Uh it, it is not – so, okay, again, with um, the kind of staying true to New England Pale Ales, it isn't quite as um, boozy as what we would call the indie, uh, India Pale Ales. Uh, so this one's sitting at 5.3. Um, it's it's really obviously, hoppy, though. Still. Obviously, the Galaxy Hops the, is one of my favorites. It's, it's like a, a a small batch, like, like not a small batch, but a uh, like a – not a mainstream uh, hop you can get on the market, right? So, like things like uh, Fantasy Factory, which you talked about before, have these hops I love, yeah, in, incorporated Factory, into great. it. Um, it's very good, and it's actually part of their Hop Wheel series. So there's 
other beers that exist in this same series exactly. that feature the the or that highlight the lupulin. Uh, yeah, packed one the, the lupulin hops, which are known yeah. for a variety of flavors from uh, earthy to tropical to citrus to pine. These hop forward styles will keep your senses entertained, which they do. I mean, there's a I, lot I've of been flavors coming this whole time. Through. I mean, yeah, me too. This this <laughs> beer is great. It you know the one I thing, love it. It's five point three percent, but it does come in a pint can so there is a little bit more so a normal a 12 ounce can yeah so normal 12 ounce can you're getting a lot more of this so you're not it's just not 5.3 percent you're yeah. actually getting a lot more because of the pint itself yeah this will bash you in the jugs for sure but it's great i mean <laughs> <laughs> as russ burps his his lungs out so we've been drinking some bush lattes they're kind of our transitional beer but this yeah. one's kind of like you know Palette the one thing about us. Bush Latte is more of a uh, watered-down beer, so it doesn't wreck the palate. So when we get these beers, we get, like, the freshest flavor. Um, this one specifically, I highly recommend. Obviously, Cedarburg is a beautiful grapey. area. I mean, are you getting at all anything grapey? Is that just because the can is purple? It's. I think it's more of the juiciness that that's coming through. It's juicy. I mean, it's good. It. It Again, it's a... Um, I would, sh- to be honest, I would share this with somebody. Yeah, the, uh, take the bitterness. The, take the sixteen ounce, you know, and, and pour that into a couple different pints, or the, uh, um, you know, you know what I mean. The uh, bitterness is there, but it's not overwhelming. Like we say all yeah. the time. I mean, we've done so many parallels IPA reviews. It's it's kind of like not one of those ones that just gives you that dry mouth. It's it's a very good, well crafted beer. In uh, you can tell they know what they're doing with the balance of everything. Yeah, and. I don't think a lot of other people are doing this out of Cedarburg. So this is even better because, you know, they're they're representing uh, an area that's largely underrepresented or not represented at all. Exactly. Fermentorium is a great, um, not necessarily a newer, but newer to our area brewery. Um, Cedarburg area, if you haven't been there, beautiful. I mean, it's it's very beautiful, safe. It's one of those, like... You know, Milwaukee You're suburbs. With, yeah, it's uh, like a northern Milwaukee suburb, but it's very safe. It's kind of like Menominee Falls or one of those other yeah. areas up there. It's it's beautiful. I mean, they're they're it's a great f- place. Uh, I, I recommend anybody who hasn't visited the Cedarburg area. They got the Strawberry Festival uh, that goes on yes, up there. Exactly. And, uh, and and obviously they have the Fermentorium. So those are two very awesome reasons to visit Cedarburg. Uh, other than the fact that it's just kind of a cool little uh, Wisconsin town. Um, but th- this beer is great. Um, Eric, do you remember where you found Music Maker? Because just so our audience yeah, can find it. I found it in a store. Um, <laughs> a store, okay. <laughs> that helps us out a lot. Thanks. I'm pretty sure, again, this one came from Festival. I've been hitting up okay. Festival a lot, and they've been, uh, uh, I don't know. They've been. They've really been like the they... forefront of new beers. I'm going to yeah, be honest with you. it's one of them. Uh, you know, Total Wine is great. I, I really do love Total Wine. They tend to uh, focus on a lot of really, really bigger breweries. Yeah. In in the micro sense. So the, the ones that you normally hear about. The ones that I don't normally hear about are the ones that I'm getting out of Festival, and I like it. You know, the, the Hillsboro, this Fermentorium, and uh, there's been a couple others that have been like, oh, wait, I hadn't seen this before exactly um, they were like esser which are like no yeah. names but like they're like it's so cool that even woodman's for example they have a wisconsin beer segment which is where we get a lot of our beer from yeah the section that that, that woodman's has is great and it's a uh, festival um, too i mean festival exactly. is a wisconsin brewing you know too, woodman's so. is uh um it's not i don't have one really close to me but the festival that i have near me is um has been really doing a great job of, of kind of highlighting different wisconsin uh 
um, breweries. So, but again, so today we are drinking the uh, Music Maker from Fermentorium in uh, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, and uh, we highly recommend you guys check this one out. Uh, we love it. I, 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 I think Eric was talking about like it's available at a lot of the stores. So please go and check it out. Fermentorium makes awesome beer, and uh, that's going to conclude our beer review segment. All right, here we are again. We find ourselves faced with uh, the uh, inevitable uh, DUI and the uh, how, many how many locals you at? That was a local cat, I guess. I don't know. Um, this, this one, a, this one's what the 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 triple. This was triple triple decker. Really cool article name on this one. Uh, Three drunk drivers all crash into each other in Mount Pleasant after 2 a.m. Sunday, police say. Bar time triple threat. Yeah, so uh, this one's cool. Uh, Not in the sense that uh, it's awesome, but it's unique. Hadn't seen this before. but uh, So uh, Mount Pleasant is the area that we're dealing with today. That's... there's three cars that are each driven by drunk drivers. They crashed into each other Christ. at the intersection of highways 11 and 32 in Mount Pleasant early Sunday morning. Uh, all three men have been arrested, and at least one of those whose SUV ended up being fully engulfed in flames uh, was treated at the hospital. Uh, according to uh, the narrative provided by the Mount Pleasant Police Department Sunday morning, at around 2.45 a.m. Sunday, a Ford F-250 pickup was heading southbound on Highway 32. It drifted into the northbound lane, heading straight for a GMC Yukon SUV, and the driver of the Yukon attempted to swerve to avoid the oncoming pickup, but was still hit head-on. That is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. That's that's terrible. Uh, how do you swerve but still hit somebody head on? Did you, you guys did are going right right turn the wrong chicken. wheel? This is like chicken. <laughs> like uh, moments later, a Chevrolet Equinox, also a small SUV crossover, driving northbound on Highway 32, hit the pickup truck. So that was uh, <laughs> that hit the F250. The oh Yukon ended up catching fire. Due to the severity of the collision, the uh, Mount Pleasant Police Department reported and was fully engulfed at the time that the officers had arrived. Jesus. Um, when the officers arrived, they identified that no one was still in uh, the uh, now currently on fire GMC Yukon because the driver had fled the scene. He was later found at Ascension uh, Hospital. Jesus. So he was like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Yeah. Uh, The drivers of the F-250 and the Equinox remained on the scene, but both showed signs of impairment and were arrested on suspicion of operating while intoxicated. Uh, The driver of the F-250 was identified as a 56-year-old man from the Racine area. Uh, The other two arrested were identified as uh, 33 from uh, Racine, also man. And uh, 45 from Kenosha, also man. Jeez Louise. Uh, the uh, the two uh, later individuals here that we just mentioned uh, are expected to be charged with their first OWI offenses. Uh, and the uh, first individual that we're talking about, the F-250, 
Or no, not the F-250. No, yeah, it was the F-250. Yep. He is uh, charged with his third. Holy smokes. Yeah. So uh, F-250 is on his number trace, and the other two individuals are on their first. Uh, the, uh, I mean, we don't have any other information here other Jeez. than the fact that so, literally all three individuals found their way into each other's lives, uh, via means of, uh, drinking and driving. So how are we going to do this? We've got three. Um, so we, we, are we going to combine them all to have one loco together? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the first ODBRs are just like, you know, they're younger guys maybe. So they have a little bit less, but, uh, maybe this guy who is the third WI might've caused us in the first place. And well, I don't know for sure because, like, he was a third offense. It doesn't say that he, like, swerved or anything. Right. So it was a third offense. We don't have any BACs. We don't have a lot of the other, yeah. other stuff. So we, can, we kind of have to go from what we have. Yeah, we don't necessarily have the uh, the, the full scope of, of the scenario here. However, I think I like your idea of combining this all into a one. An average loco. I don't, not average. I think we should just do it as a trace loco. Trace Loco, we're yeah. combining the three. Not sponsored by the restaurant Uno here in Muskego called Trace Loco. Trace Loco, uh, Trace Loco right. let's just combine everybody's scores into a one score and just call it an overall idea for this whole scenario. Sure. Cool. So we got a third offense OWI. Well, you do we your math. Two, I'm going to do two, my math. We got two, w, two first OWIs. <laughs> two w, w, the age w, range, w. The age range from like early 30s to late to mid 50s. Mid so we got yeah. like a we got a range here. We got three three people intersecting, crashing, getting into an accident. We got a lot of we got we got vehicles on fire here. We've got a fire for sure. Inferno. I have a number, but I I, I don't know if I'm anywhere near right. I'm I'm gonna average this all out. So we got like two first timers and a third timer. So we got to kind of go in the middle here between all the guests. Yeah. Um, between all the guests. <laughs> Between so, all of the guests to this intersection crash party. You know, I got my number. I've I, had a I'm number since the rip. beginning. I I'm going to let it rip. Yeah. Ready? Yep. One, two, two. three, 32. 32 together. Where were you at? I was at a 24 Jesus. local because we're combining. Number. We're going, we're combining. I was going 24. Yeah. See, I just went 12 for each. 12 for each? You think that's, that's the level? A 12 local per, and then you're adding That doesn't them even add up. How the hell did I come up with 36, that? 36, that's right. I said 32. Oh, well, your math is fucked. <laughs> that's all right. Here's what I love about uh, uh, the, the Elkhorn so public, what I was public thinking, school system. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to honestly like break this down for you how I came up with it. So the two one-timers are eight locos, right? So the 16. Yeah. The third timer is, is adding up, so 24 with him on top. So we got, it's not even adding up. <laughs> they're all at two locals. You know what I love? They're all at two it? fucking four locals. <laughs> this is terrible. They're literally all screwed. So Sturge, I think I'm going to have to go and meet in the middle. I think I'm going to 30 local with you, dude. I think this really screwed us up. The The, the whole fact I that think there's we just three had too many, people. I think Music Maker and some of these other Bush lattes, we just have to have fucked up our math. I think our math is not very good. I think we're like elementary status. I'm just gonna go 36. They're all at uh, at three. You going locos. 36? Can we meet in the middle? 34 local? Because I'm going 32 here. Like after all my math is done, 16 plus 16, 32. Let's go 34 and the meet in the middle. All right. Is that okay? I'm going 34 that. local. Yeah. Also, hey kids, 
don't do math while drinking. Uh, yes, please. However, uh, this story uh, ends in us thinking that uh, the the overall idea here is thirty two loco. I'm going to sound the gavel because that's the so only logical thing to do in this moment. Here's the equation I came up with. I'm working some chemical shit out here. No. So math, math plus math plus barley equals fuck. <laughs> you you are overridden. Oh fuck. Oh Jesus. These guys are at a 32 loco. I'm going to sound the gavel one more time to officiate this 32 loco. Thing. 32 loco. All right. Today we're here with John and Heidi from New Barons Co-op Brewing. How are you guys doing? Doing great. It's good. Sunday. Thanks for having Sunday. us. Sunday. Yeah. yeah no, thanks for coming on and taking the time. Absolutely. Um, can you give us a little history about how you guys got your start? I mean, it's really cool to see a co-op brewing company in general. So can you give us a little information? Sure. We got established in 2016, actually. So we've been around for a while, um, even though our tap room didn't open up until 2020. Um, and it's kind of how it goes with the co-op. We're a community-based brewery, which means that we're owned by our consumer. So it's very much kind of a grassroots model and that it takes some time to build some support and community around the brand. And then, you know, once it got going and moving is, you know, ultimately we got to our goal last year of opening up our tap room. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got 367 owners now and counting. Um, and we've, you know, the sky is the limit on how many people can actually own this brewery. And uh, it's cool. We just get a, a lot of people together from different backgrounds and skills and trades and, you know, have put those folks and community to work to, you know, help create this this community brewery. Awesome. And do you guys still have room for uh, new guys like uh, yeah. me and Eric here? <laughs> yes, of course. Awesome. Yeah, we would love uh, nothing more than to uh, put out a uh, Wisconsin drunken history, <laughs> you know, some sort of an IPA or a double, or uh, maybe we would even make room for a triple. A triple, holy smokes! But uh, no, yeah, it's a good it's a good point because a lot of our beers are are brewed in honor of a lot of our member owners, and so almost yeah. every single one that we have on tap is a story based off of those different owners around our community. That's, that's like that's that's one of those things that I think. You know, I, I look for most when I when I'm in the grocery store or, or I'm at a uh, a tap room or something like that. I, I ask about the beers and if they have a cool story, I'm always in on it and I, and I'll you know uh, I'll, I'll take a drink. You know, Lakefront does their My Turn series, and I like nothing more than to hear a little bit about that story or Mobcraft. You know, something that uh, that has that more storied uh, you know something behind it. So that's really cool. I mean, have have you? I guess is there a certain beer or something that you that you've helped brew or or, or crafted uh, that you, that you're really you know happy about or something that has a cool story? Oh man, I mean, there's so many. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. every, almost yeah, every single tough. one has a story. Um, you know, some of my favorite ones are the ones where we actually injected the like our our ownership into like the the trialing of the of the beer. So for example, one of our top sellers is a wit beer, a Belgian wit style. And we did like a blind taste test with a few member owners where we had 16 different combinations of like herbs and spices that went into that wheat beer. And um, like in a blind taste test, we settled on, you know, which one was the best. And so uh, ultimately that, that secret recipe uh, has <laughs> stayed, stayed true until today. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, those, those can be a lot of fun. 
Uh, we've got another beer, our flagship IPA, that's named after a local reggae rock group uh, called Hot by Ziggy. The band yeah. name is Hot by Ziggy. We actually um, featured some of their music. So they're really good. Uh, they're, they're amazing. They're Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pick just one. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I can imagine, obviously, you, you've brewed, you know, how many countless numbers of, of beers or, <laughs> or had a hand in, you know, how many. So I'm sure it would be just a, a physical impossibility to try to choose something like that. So, right. And we wanted to ask you, I know uh, things are kind of returning to the uh, what we would call the new normal. Um, do you guys have any events coming up that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Um, in house, we let me take a. I don't think we've got any new events coming up. We've got a fundraiser for the LLS, um, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, coming up in the beginning of June. Awesome. Um, so that one is probably the biggest one that we're looking forward to helping out a member owner who is running for um, Woman of the Year here in Milwaukee. Um, off site, we have a couple events coming up. We'll be at Buzz Cafe um, on. The 30th is coming Friday. We're doing a little um, pairing of charcuterie with them out there. And then on the 4th, we also have a beer dinner, which is being held at Natty Oaks' new speakeasy, uh, Oaks Lounge. And so we're excited to be out there, too. Oh, that sounds awesome. There's also one that's not official yet, but, you know, what's customary in a co-op is that we actually have an annual party with our member owners. Um, And it's kind of like a, you know, state of the fairs. You know, we, we release like we're very transparent as an organization. So we release kind of the financials of how the co-op is doing, you know, how membership has grown over the last mm-hmm. year. And um, we couldn't do it last year, obviously. So yeah. we hope to do it this year. What we can't decide right now is whether or not we have to do that virtually or if we could do it in person. We would love to do it in person. Um, Milwaukee is still pretty strict with their regulations right now. So we'll have to see how it unfolds as the summer progresses here. But typically we do hold it in the summer. Uh, June is usually the time frame that we do it. So we just have to kind of see how it plays out. Awesome. Yeah, and along with that event, we're, we'll, we'll coincide with a vote. We're adding two more people to the board of directors. So that's exciting. Hey, that's always exciting. So, mm-hmm. so Heidi and John, um, would it be okay if uh, me and my co-host one of these days come down there and uh, get a little personalized tour of your guys' facility? Oh, absolutely. Perfect. We'd yeah. love to. I mean, we'll we're... certainly let you know, you know, beforehand. We'll try to coordinate schedules and things, but it would be really awesome to to not only meet, but to, you know, just kind of get an eye on what's what's going on there, you know? Especially, like, the number of listeners that are recommended to you guys. Like, it'd just be so cool. And uh, we yeah. love everything you guys stand for, community, um, beer, um, good quality beer, and uh, as as beer connoisseurs, yeah. we we love we love brewskis. So I'm going to be honest. With Absolutely. You. Um, but, but we'd before, love to have you. Perfect. So before we let you go, we're just going to ask you a few questions to find out how Wisconsin are you? Uh, are you guys ready? <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So have either of you been to Summerfest? And uh, do you guys have a memorable band you guys saw there? Oh gosh, yeah, I've been many times. <laughs> I think it might be impossible to pick a band. I know there's so got- many. I have a memorable show there. I I um I got to see G Love and Special Sauce there. Oh, yes. nice! Awesome. I think it was like back in like 2015 or something like that. So it's been a few years. But um, but yeah, I'd I'd always wanted to see them. And I'm not from Milwaukee originally. I'm actually from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but when when I saw that they were coming, I think it was one of the first times I actually been to Summerfest, and um, it was cool. It was it was just awesome the whole experience. 
Love G Love, yeah. So I got to go backstage for a couple of shows, which are really fun. Um, brand new and Dashboard Confessional, and those were always oh, always a good yes. time being able to do that. So those were really great shows. Yeah. And a friend of mine actually runs one of the stages there. It's one of the side stages, and they do only local acts. And so I always hit that up every year. So hands down, this is the best thing I remember. Hands down. <laughs> no, it's, it's so um, awesome. Um, yeah, Scott Shane back from uh, from. Uh, Dashboard is yeah. also in a, in a few other uh, bands uh, that are kind of tied to this area as well, and I think he's from here. So, very that's cool. the buddy of mine that made that happen. So that checks out. That's so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was going to ask too. Um, do you guys have a beer from your brewery that you guys recommend using in uh, beer brats? Ooh, I would say um, well, we've got the Mexican Lager, the Queen. Um, so that would be a that would be a perfect beer throwing some brats because we always yeah, i've we, also used that one to make beer batter for a fish fry awesome, awesome. yeah and, that and, is that's that sounds really really good so coming from the <laughs> milwaukee area have both of you closed wolskis yes of course <laughs> okay awesome do you guys got the bumper sticker <laughs> yeah <laughs> the old school i've got one in my fridge i got one in my fridge in my basement awesome. yeah, so there you cool. go. And we got we got one more for you before we let you go. Um, obviously, other than um, your guys' brewery, um, is there another brewery or a brewery tour? And it doesn't have to be in Wisconsin that you recommend to our listeners go and check out. I would say one of mine is Black Husky. Yeah, um, yeah, I love those. Everybody guys. talks. About I love Black those Husky. guys. It's the worst brewery tour, yeah. and uh, you slam a hams, <laughs> yeah. so you can't beat it. <laughs> like, That's right. You get to shotgun a can of hams with Tim. He's a great guy. Yeah, and. Um, this gruff, very Wisconsin dude, and um, and their and their beer is always really great too. I mean, I think all their beers are like really strong too. They it's are. a dog friendly establishment. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it. just in general, since we're right in Bayview, I'd recommend. There's just quite a few, and I don't know if people realize how close they're all, we're all to each other. I think we're all within a mile or two. Um, there's us in Component, 1840. Uh, Supermoon is new. Enlightened. Enlightened. Um, component yeah. Gathering Place will be there soon. So I would say taking like the Bayview tour would be. A good option. Yeah, that that actually sounds like something that should be, you know, uh, a real thing. And they're like all good friends of the show bus. too. We've had most of them on the show. They're most all just them, really yeah. good guys, honestly. So yeah, really good people. And it's cool. Like almost all of the baby breweries too are within a half a mile of each other. Like yep. yeah, you know, it's they're really close together. Awesome, John, Heidi, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Um, we hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and uh, we hope you have a good day. Thanks, yeah, you too. It's our pleasure. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Cheers. Bye now. Cheers. Take care. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch out for deer on your way home.